0: Amen. Please be seated. King of heaven, we do pray that you will come in this season, in this moment, in this hour of our need. We ask that you will meet us here in this place and through your spirit you will speak your word to us. Help us to see and hear what we need to know from your spirit, to be encouraged to inspire our hearts and to give us a dream of a better day and a brighter future as we make our home in you and as we invite you to make your home in us this Christmas. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Curtin. I'm one of the pastors here. A special welcome to you. If you are visiting with us this morning, we'd love to have a chance to get to know you. So we'd encourage you to hang out after the service is over. If you'd be willing to fill out one of the Connect cards in the seat back in front of you and turn that in at our Welcome Center, uh, we have a One of our lovely and talented Welcome Center hosts would love to give you a small gift as just a token of our gratitude for you being with us this morning. Uh, We'd encourage you to uh, give us that opportunity to find out a little bit more about who you are and what brings you out to church this morning. We are in a a new series that we're calling Home for the Holidays. This is the first official Sunday of Advent, and Advent is that season of four weeks leading up to Christmas. Christmas. And it is a season of anticipation, it's a season of preparation, it's a part of this idea that God has a plan for our future, and God has a home for us to discover, and we, can inv- be, we are invited to enter into that process of allowing the Spirit to spark in us that dream of home again this season. We've been talking about, you know, home for the holidays. It's a time when we often, if we're away from school or if you're in the military, uh, you often come home for ho- the holidays. Or some of us who have grown up and moved out and started our own families, will go home to our, our parents' home or we'll all gather as a, as a family in, in one person's home. And we come home together to be home for the holidays. And in and, and this idea of coming home, we're recognizing that home is so much more than just the place where we live. It's more than just a a building where we reside or an address on Google Maps that you can locate with a little red dot right? Home carries a, a much broader idea uh, of than just the place you live. Home is a place where you belong. It's where you share life with other people, whether that's in your own physical home or in your neighborhood or the community where you live, that your, your home is a part of where you belong. Home is also an environment that is supposed to be positive and encouraging of our de- development and growth. We talked about last Sunday how uh, parents want to make a good home for their children, right? It's a, it's a place where, where people can grow and thrive and learn. Home is a, is a part of our own development as human beings. Home is a place that's familiar, it's relaxed, it's supposed to be comfortable and and authentic. When you invite friends or family over and you want them to, to be comfortable, you say, make yourself at home, right? And we want them to feel like they are a part of our family, a part of our belonging. It's a place of origin. It's where we come from, whether it's our uh, country of origin, our home country, or whether it's our hometown, or our home team, or our home church. It it, it has a sense of rootedness and history, and we gain, gain a sense of who we are from where we come from. When we're away from home, we have a longing to get back to our roots or to get back to the place that's familiar, to to return to what we know and where we're comfortable. And it's in this sense, as we talk about home, as we think about home this Christmas, home has a much broader connotation than just where we live. It's an experience of life. That God has kind of hardwired into us as his creation to help us understand that that we have a deeper need to experience home as a part of our life. It has this idea of being in harmony with the surroundings and the people around us, to be at peace in our relationships and to experience the happiness and the joy and the satisfaction of life. In many ways, you could say that we're all dreaming of home for our lives, at least that's what we desire, right? That's what we hope for. Yet, in some ways, dreaming of home is, is like what you might imagine if you're you know anticipating going home for a Christmas one year, and, and you get home, and it doesn't end up being exactly like you expect, right? I don't know if any of you have had that happen. One year, we had a, a family reunion at my parents' house in Phoenix, and my sister and her husband came out from Illinois, and, and we all gathered at my parents' house, and, and we were anticipating having this wonderful Christmas experience, and we woke up on Christmas morning, and everybody was sick with the flu. Right? I mean, it was so bad. I mean, we couldn't even get out of bed. It was just like, oh, it was awful. And we had to, we we couldn't cook, you know, we couldn't make a Christmas feast. So we had to go out and look for a restaurant that was open. And the only thing that was open was fast food Chinese. So we had a Chinese fast food Christmas (laughs) for what we could eat. But isn't that true for all of our experience of life? It doesn't always work out the way that we anticipate or the way we dream that it would be. The problem, the Bible tells us, is that this world is not our home. And, and when we look to this world to be our home, and we, we look for our meaning and our purpose and our satisfaction with the things that this world offers, it often leaves us feeling disappointed, betrayed, and, and, and let down. And the Bible wants us to understand that God's intention was never that the the broken, sinful world that we live in and that we experience every day was supposed to be all that there is, that he wants us to understand there's a dream and a hope that God's plan for his creation is so much more and that he has made a way for us to be able to have hope that our experience of life in this world isn't the last word, but there is a plan for God to bless us and to bring us home to be with him. Instead of experiencing true home in our lives, more often we experience division and competition and a sense of rejection and violence and even abuse. And and tragically, we have to admit that in fact, for many people today, home can be one of the most dangerous and painful places to live. We all have a longing to experience our heart's true home in our lives, but we continue to struggle to find our way as a people, as human beings, to discover just what home really is for us. Christmas, if you think about it in many ways, is about God coming to make his home with us. And for us to discover our heart's true home with him. Oftentimes in church we talk about how we need to come to God. Like we need to draw people to to come back to God. But one of the things we have to recognize is scripture says that first and foremost it is God who has come to us. God didn't wait for us to get our lives all perfect. God didn't wait for us to become sinless. God didn't wait for us to even maybe have an idea that we needed God. He first came to us, and the whole message of Christmas and the gift of Jesus as his son is that God comes to us to make his home here in this fallen and broken world so that we can see that his plan for us is so much more than whatever our daily experience is. As we anticipate coming home for the holidays, we're invited to realize that we find our heart's true home when we allow him to make his home in us. You see, this this dream of of home has been a part of God's plan and God's promises from the very beginning. It's a part of God's promise to those who had put their trust in him to be called out to be his people, the people of Israel. And it's a part of what Jesus invited his disciples to experience as they, they joined him to become part of God's family. God has a desire for us to understand that we can experience this longing for home in our relationship with him. Maybe in, in a way of simplifying the message of the Bible, we could say that God's promise to his people is that he would create a new experience of home for them. This morning, I'd like to take some time to look at a variety of scripture passages that that get At this idea that from the very beginning, God had a dream that home would be a part of what his gift would be to his people and to you and me. We're going to look at a variety of scriptures, so we're just going to read them together on the screen so that we can move through them quickly. And and as we look at these scriptures, I want us to pay attention to what are the characteristics of this dream that God has for you and for me and for each one of us as we discover what does it mean that God invites us to come home for the holidays? In Zechariah 2, verses 10 through 13, he says, Shout and be glad, daughter of Zion, for I am coming and I will live among you, declares the Lord. And it keeps going. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. The Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the holy land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be still before the Lord all mankind because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. See, the whole beginning of this idea of God's invitation to come home is that he has first roused himself to come to make his home with us. And as God makes his home in our lives, he invites us to experience relationship with him in a whole new way. The idea of coming home is that we get to experience our relationship with God and with one another in a way that brings about healing and wholeness and a restoration of those things in our lives that have been broken. In Isaiah 62, verses 4 and 5, the dream of home sounds like this No longer will they call you deserted. Or name your land desolate. But you will be called Hephzibah. And your land Beulah. For the Lord will take delight in you. And your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman. So will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. So will your God rejoice over you. You see this idea that God wants to be in a relationship with us that is so far beyond maybe what many of us even realize. How many people are married in the room? How many people have been married in the room? How many people would want to be married in the room? See, marriage is, is one of these experiences of life where, where you, you have two people who come together to join their lives in a unique and a special way. And God says, just like you do this together as, as men and women, I want to have that kind of a relationship with you as well. I want you to experience coming together with me to share your life in a way that your relationship with me goes so far beyond something that maybe you even realized was possible. You see, this is a a word of hope and encouragement to a people who found themselves in exile. If you know the context of of when Isaiah was writing to to the people of Israel, they had become divorced from God in actuality, right? They had turned their back on God and, and they had had affairs with other gods and other religions to the point where God said, you know what, we're gonna call this whole thing off and why don't you go live in Babylon for a while and see how that works out for you. And and so in in the midst of their own experience of brokenness and divorce and a family that has become dysfunctional, God comes and says, the dream of marriage, the hope of relationship, the, the wholeness of family is still what I hope for and desire for you and with you. The promise is still available. The promise is that God will be our God and we will be his people. That covenant promise from the very beginning is a part of God's hope that we will continue to hold out that dream that we too can experience that in our relationship with him. And when God comes and makes his home in us, when we understand the depth of God's love and and his desire for intimacy with us, we will begin to see that it opens a whole new experience Of life with him. Isaiah 65, verses 17 and 19. See, I will create a new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Be but be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create, for I will create Jerusalem to be a light and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. God's desire is to overcome the very brokenness and dysfunction of our lives as we allow him to make his home in us. And, and, and it's not only in the Old Testament, right? It's, as we discover that, that in Christ, God has come to be with his people and he has begun to make his home with us, we begin to understand that the ultimate outcome of what Jesus has accomplished for us assures that this promise will become a reality for us as well. The Apostle John, writing in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 through 5, captures all of these ideas and says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling place, God's home is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. You see, this dream of God is captured in this this fantasy kind of picture in the book of Revelation. And Revelation kind of reads like a fantasy novel, right? You have monsters and all these different amazing cities floating down out of heaven. But what the author wants us to understand is that this imagery reminds us of all these promises of God and is captured in this picture of God providing us a new home from heaven. See, the city of Jerusalem is this idea that, that it comes down from heaven, means it comes from God. It's not something that we can manufacture. It's not something we can build in our own strength, and our own wisdom. It's not something of this earth that we can somehow find our happiness here in this life. We need to look to God as it comes to Him from him as a gift. It's God's promise to those who put their trust in him. Now, scholars suggest it's kind of an interesting thing here, if you think about it. When you think about what does paradise look like, you you often go back to Adam and Eve, right? And you think of the garden and and the fruit and being able to frolic naked and not be ashamed, right? But if you think about the progression, in the the beginning you have this paradise garden. But but in the end, we see this glorious city where we, we come together as people in community. And it's this idea that God is providing a home for us to live in. God is providing an experience of home where where he is not only with his people, but he lives in his people. If you go on and read the story in Revelation, it doesn't say that just God is with them, but God is in the city and the lamb of God. Jesus himself is the light of the city. There's no more need for sun or moon because God himself is the light of the city. You see, the city of Jerusalem represents you and me. It represents the people of God. This vision, this dream that God has for us, isn't that some physical city is going to drop down out of heaven, although it might. I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen at the end, right? The book of Revelation wasn't intended to literally tell us what is going to be, but what is it going to be like? And what we see here is that in the end, the ultimate consummation of history is that it's going to be like coming home. God is gonna give us a hometown to return to and we all get to be there together. In fact, it says all the nations are gonna be present. All those that would put their trust in God, you don't have to just be Jewish or an Israelite or you don't have to be a Christian today. All those who will put their trust in God will be invited to come home to this new holy city of Jerusalem where God's presence itself is the gift and the people form the temple of God as he lives in them through his spirit. You see, the promise that God would live with his people is a part of this this uh, hope and this promise going all the way back to the people of Israel. The city itself, it says, is the bride. And we know from reading the New Testament that that the church is the bride of Christ, that this idea of of this marriage ceremony where God wants to to share life with us in the most intimate possible way is, is the part of the dream and the hope that he has for you and I. All the nations present make it clear that all together will be God's people. It's a grand vision of reconciliation among the nations, of restoration among God's people. The older order of things has changed to the new. Sorrow itself is ended. Death is defeated. Grief and pain and loss are overcome and evaporated. And the pain and the difficulty of this life that we suffer now become part of the joy of God putting us all back together. How much greater is this dream, this vision that God has for us than our own experience of life in this world? I mean, how many want to go there now? (laughs) I do, right? But God invites us to understand that, that when we know that this hope, that this home is secured, that his dream for us in the future is already secured, we can endure what we have to go through now Because we know that God is with us in this endeavor. The dream is that God's perfect dwelling will be with us, but that in the process, we begin to enjoy that intimacy and that relationship with God today. It's a dream for the future, but the message of Christmas is that the city has already begun to be built. Right? You and I are are, are bricks in the building. We're stones that, that the builder is using to build the city of God because the city of God is the people of God. And as God builds his people together, we experience the joy and the freedom of that city today. It's a future hope, but it's a present reality. And as we begin to understand that God invites us to experience our heart's true home today, We can overcome all of the challenges that we face in this life because God is with us. In Christ, God has come and made his home among us. The Bible tells us that we are God's temple, a dwelling place for God's presence. And we are already experiencing the down payment on eternity because we have the spirit now, which is really where we're going. Even though it's a future city, it's being built now in you and in me. You see, John uses this image of the new Jerusalem as Christ's bride, as a symbol of God's desire for true intimacy and love in each of us, in our lives, in our relationship with him. Our human love and human marriage is simply a a shadow of what we are invited to experience with God because only God can truly be the lover of our souls. Only God who made us, who knows us more intimately than we know ourselves, can truly be that husband, that that bride, that, that, that partner that can truly share the life that we want to share. If our hardships tempt us to doubt his love, we're invited to remember the cross as how far God is willing to go to remind us of his love and his desire to be with us through thick and thin. To any of us in this Christmas season that are struggling with the brokenness and the, the dysfunction of life in this world god's love comes as a promise of comfort and and restoration and fulfillment if we just put our trust in him and invite him to make our home his home in our hearts again this christmas see we can we can be honest with god about what we're struggling with we can be honest with god about our doubts and our fears and the pain and the tears that we cry at night when no one else sees God knows our hearts and he knows what we long for and he desires nothing more than to share our pain and to share our sorrows so that he can walk us through to experience his joy and his restoration. Frederick Biekner, a Presbyterian pastor and author, said, I cannot claim that I have found the home I long for every day of my life not by a long shot, but I believe, he says, that in my heart, I have found and maybe have always known the way that leads to it. And he goes on to say that his discovery through his life is that home is wherever Jesus is. Home is wherever Jesus is. This Christmas at Faith Covenant Church, I want to invite us to allow God through his spirit to reignite the dream in our hearts and in our minds that he has a home for us to live in, that he is making a home in us, and that as we allow him to build his home in us, we discover the greatest joy, the greatest meaning, and the greatest purpose of our lives because that is why God created us, to be a home for his spirit so that we could be at home in Him. We find our hearts true home in Him as we allow Him to make him, His home in us. As we go into Christmas this season at Faith Covenant Church, I invite each of us to come home for the holidays. Let's pray. God, Your promises are amazing. Your Word is Astounding that you have woven this dream of home through the centuries into the consciousness of your people, into the words of the Bible, into the hearts and the minds of the people who are here today. God, as we long for that experience of our heart's true home, help us to remember that we're not going to find it in any human relationship. That we're not going to find it through the the material possessions and the things of this world. We're not going to find it other than in you. But God, if we can allow ourselves to to allow you to build your home in us, then all those other things begin to find meaning and value and purpose. Whatever our experience of life is, the sight of heaven. God, as Jesus comes again this Christmas and we recognize that his birth into the world is is the greatest sign and symbol of your desire to come to us, to make your home in us, God, I pray that you would open our hearts to allow you through your spirit to be born in our lives anew this Christmas. We ask this in Jesus' name.